guys. Welcome to another episode of the Algorithm Podcast. I have another great guest today for you guys. Um, really excited to introduce you to Carolyn Bolt. Uh, she is just phenomenal when it comes to design and, and uh, really the work that, that uh, we don't a lot of times think about. Uh, the company is Crossfields Design, and uh, she's just going to share some information with us. Uh, again, we were, we were talking before here about the things that we don't think about coming out of school. So I uh, really appreciate having you. And and. If you would, Carolyn, would you tell us some of your startup story? Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so, yes, we are a interior and architecture design firm. Okay. And we work virtually all over the country. And we specialize in chiropractic and holistic health care. Okay. And we've been doing that focus since 2012. So a little over 10 years now. And, um, but no, we didn't start that way. So I started, I was in school, just like um, the students that, you know, some of you are listening to right now. I was in school to be a designer and got out of school and went to work for someone first because that's what most designers did. And, but eventually knew I wanted to work for myself. Mm -hmm. And um, so I did, started in 1992-ish. Yeah, I'm yeah. kind of old. I could be your mom, right? Yeah. I started out working for for um, myself and just, you know, struggled back and forth yeah. and back and forth. I mean, you had great months and bad months, lots of referrals, lots of networking things, but just basically took anything that came along. Yeah. Um, I went also went through a divorce and got remarried and my new husband was involved in construction So he eventually left the company he was working with and decided to go work for himself also. And so the struggle became double, double duty. That was about 2004. Okay. So, um, but we, in 2008, the economy kind of got interesting and the majority of, uh, so in 2003, I started working at Life University doing facility design work. So we're in the Atlanta area. And we were doing design build work all over campus. And it got to where, hey, this is really our only client. This is scary. It's 2008. Um, What do we need to do? And we loved working for the university. And mostly what we started to love is understanding the profession of chiropractic Mm, and really beginning to understand you know, the challenges and the philosophies and just the whole experience of it. Um, and so in 2008, we were exposed 2008, 2009, somewhere in there, we were exposed to a book called the E-Myth. Yep. Yep. And we realized that we had an entrepreneurial seizure, if you Mm -hmm. understand that. Mm -hmm. And we really didn't understand business. Yeah. And so we started a path to start to understand business. And so all of these things kind of collided in that the next thing that happened is Mike. So I was already a chiropractic patient. Okay. My chiropractic story, because we have to have one, is yeah. that my daughter at two years old had chronic tonsillitis mm-hmm. and her pediatric. I didn't know anything about chiropractic. I thought she went there when you got a had a car accident, you yeah. know, yeah. and um, but her pediatrician wanted her tonsils out. 
So I was not holistic at the time at all and just was like, well, okay, but can we wait till she's six when she's not such a baby? Right. And fortunately, I ended up meeting three different chiropractors that all taught me about pediatric chiropractic care. Mm. And I ended up getting Lauren under adjustments when she was in, um, when we were, I it was actually a student at Life University Yeah. and it healed her of tonsillitis. Wow. And that opened my mind to understand yeah. how the body heals and what was going yeah. on. And and yeah. that so that was 92-ish. So in 2004, I, three, I start working at the university. Yeah. 2004, my husband starts working with me at the university. And then in 2008, 9, 10, we're like, we got to have more clients than just Life University. Yes, yes. And then my chiropractor had a student opening around the corner from us. Okay. And he said, why don't you go help him? And, you know, transfer over because I was in maintenance care. And yep. so I bartered with him. Talk about okay. opening yes. a clinic in 2008, 2009. There was no money. Yep. So he went to open a clinic and I bartered with him and helped him open his clinic and fell in love with helping the solopreneur mm. the, as opposed to big corporations, which had yes. been my whole background. Yep. So that was kind of going on. And then that he referred me to someone else that we opened in downtown Atlanta and ended up doing construction for him. And then life university asked me to teach classes to students. Okay. So in 2010, we started teaching classes about, and just totally giving like what it takes to open an office. Cause yeah. you don't understand the process that it takes to open an office yep. and the impact your office is going to make on your success. Mm. being very intentional about it, not being yeah. expensive, but just being intentional. Yeah. yeah. And so that was the course that we put together. And like I said, all of this collided. And then we heard the e-myth and yeah. the students were asking us, what could we do? We said, you know, is there a way we could create a, a system so that yeah. the process is more streamlined so that the cost is lower and we could help, help these chiropractors and elevate this profession so more yeah. people want to go to it. Yep. So our mission and our passion is that we want chiropractors to be the go-to for holistic health. And yeah. they're not going to be unless they show up better. Yes. yes. Part of that showing up is their office. Yep. Yeah. No That's question. our whole little story. <laughs> wow. What a story. And, and to have it come full circle like that with your your kid and and then yeah, the yeah. now my life. now my grandkids are being adjusted yes oh, the whole thing so, yeah yeah full right. circle so wonderful and and what a what a uh mission to be able to help the solopreneur and and really bring chiropractic up with it i love it love it love it hey talk to us a little bit about uh we'll get into it flow decor design uh, tell us a little bit about that. What should we know? Um, what are things that are important to remember? Uh, we could probably go hours here, we but <laughs> give, us, give us the quick and dirty of that. So when we focus on the return on investment of your design, so that's the first thing you understand that there yep. is, should be a return on of invest of that investment and it needs to be intentional what you do with it. So, you first, we first start with form follows function. So I know a lot have heard that, but that is the foundational philosophy that we live by. And then what that means to us is form being the way that something looks, 
versus the function, the way that something works are absolutely connected. You can't separate them. So you can't just focus on the flow and then think about how it's going to be decorated. You got to think about it cohesively. Okay. But it has to function first. If it doesn't function, it doesn't matter how pretty it is. It doesn't yep. matter the form. Yep. So we focus first on that function, yep. very connected to each other. So we, we focus on maximizing space and flow, having the right square footage. So I know a lot of students when they're getting out, it's like, how many square feet do I need? Yeah. Well, how much do you really need? Do you need, you don't necessarily need the amount the guy next door does or Yep. Not next door, but you know, down the street, yep. you need exactly what you need to have your space function for your business model. Yeah. So we work through square footage requirements. We work through flow requirements, what's connected to what. And we, a, lo a lot of what I'm telling you is on our website. Yeah. And like I said, we started out by teaching before we started yeah. ever designing. Yeah. So that has to function. So you have to think about that. You, you, we have so many doctors, even experienced doctors that come to us they've already signed the lease or they've already bought the building and what they want to put in, it won't fit. Mm. It just is too much. They're trying to put a hundred yeah. pounds into a five pound bag. Yeah. So we recommend you go out looking for space with a very, very validated, how many square feet do I really need? And okay. to know the range that you need. I have to have this to function. I'd like to have this to have a little bit more of that that dream. And then yeah. as you go out, you really would know that. So, so really yeah. people, people should contact you and, and get in touch with even some of your resources, your website prior to, you know, and in, in getting some of these, because I, I get that question a lot from new grads and, and people in school looking to open their practice. Like how much, how much room do I need? How much and, room do I need? It's really kind of a guesstimate. Uh, but it, you know, it sounds like you guys put a little bit more thought to that and have a oh. formula. Yeah, it's it's a it's a definite it's a formula. So yeah. on our website, I talk about it, and I'm actually have courses I'm creating. The courses that we teach in school, I'm turning it into courses cool. for for the startup to kind of go yeah. really deeper because, as we just said, the startup has more time than they do money. So if I can educate them, they can, they can spend that time on that education and learn yep. what they need to learn yep. instead of spending money on somebody doing it for them. Yeah. So uh, in that it's, it literally is making a list of all of the spaces that you need, understanding how big they need to do, doing a calculation, adding circulation, and you'll know which is great. Okay. So it's, it's a formula. It's yeah. not a guess. Yeah. 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 And, and that's great. So now. So that's number one. So then yes. number two, I'm going to, I'll pull you back. I'll pull back yep. if you don't mind. Number no, two is to attract and retain patients. The, the second key to return on investment. And the third one is save time and money, which is mm -hmm. knowing the process, understanding the process so that you get into it as an educated consumer. Yep. And so that you're not wasting time and you're making yep. smart decisions and things. So we have a lot of resources there. Okay. Um, or if you've got the money, you hire the expert to help you get there. Right. So, but we can spend a lot of time on attract and retain patients too, if you want. Oh, that's of the, course. That's the I, part that, most people think about. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause you know, and you know, this, uh, being a business owner as well, that, that's, that's where we make money, you know, uh, 
I, I've always said my practice and, and what I want is uh, I don't want to keep refilling the bucket. I, I want to have the bucket, the holes in the bucket plugged. And, and so when a new patient comes in here, I, I want them to know and understand and, and empower them that lifelong care. So, you know, tell us a little bit how that plays into what you do. So um, I love what you said that about plugging. So to, to be profitable, you have to plug the bathtub and you have to turn on the water, right? Yep. So plugging the bathtub is maximizing your space and your flow and having and knowing the knowledge, mm. but attracting and retaining patients is turning on the faucet. Yeah. So the first thing you need to know is who is your ideal patient? Mm. And that's a very, very hard thing, especially for yep. startups to know. They don't necessarily know, yep. but the more you can get clear about who your ideal patient is, yep. the more you're going to attract that ideal patient and okay. what you design is going to support and attract that ideal patient. Yeah. So that's yeah. important. And then the, the attract and retain kind of goes to a thought process of retail design and hospitality design. Okay. So let me kind of back up interior architectural design in business is not a luxury. It is a business philosophy of setting up a system of setting up a design that's going to create a goal for you and result okay. for you. Interior design in residential is much more of a luxury. Sure. Okay? So businesses, retail establishments and restaurant establishments use interior design and architecture all the time. They don't think anything of it because they know that that in retail design, that store, when that person walks into it, it needs to 100% connect with what they're expecting to buy. Mm. If it doesn't, if there's a disconnect, they are going uphill in their sales. Okay. Same thing with a doctor. So when your client, when your patient, your potential new patient walks in, that space needs to emulate who you are, what you've been out there on the streets talking about, and what you, they're going to be expected to get in care. Sure. But you need to decide what that is. Okay. So I talk about in the classes, I talk about, look at a Walmart. They're very, very wealthy. They've made a lot of money. That interior design is very, very much intentional for what they're trying to do. Hmm. Be the low price leader. Yep. And the design elements that they use to make that happen are creating that environment. The sure. same thing if you go into a high, high end department store, all of that design element is going to support what they're selling. So that's what yeah. you need to think about as a chiropractor. Okay. I'm going to bring in one more thing then is the yep. culture. The culture is the what's created in hospitality design. So hospitality being restaurants and, and hotels. And if you think about where the, that's creating the mood, because there is a psychology of space. Once again, being intentional about purposely creating that psychology that you want in your space. So if you're a sports facility, it's going to have a different energy than if you're a pediatric would have a different energy yeah. versus a geriatric. You know, just looking at just that part of it, you want to create a different energy and a culture mm. in that space. Yeah, no, I, I love all of that. I mean, I, I love your example of Walmart versus a high-end department. Like you can just, there, there's, you walk in and there's a difference. You feel a difference. You can see a difference. And you uh, care what and, you wear. 
Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, do you take into account um, any new trends in, in all of that? Is, is that something that happens or, or is, is taken into account in a, in a chiropractic office? It is it, when you know who your demographics are. Mm. Okay. So the more you're going for, typically, the more you're going for a younger crowd or an urban crowd or something that um, that tends to have a lot of discretionary income, okay. you're going to want to stand out and be more um, cutting edge hip. I want to okay. say hip's not the great word, but yeah. so you might tend to have a more trendy office. Okay. That versus yep. if you're go if you're in a rural area, you know you won't have as much of a trendy office. Yeah. So you have to know your demographics and what's going to happen. Yeah. Yep. The um, all also know that your whatever you do, it's going to date in seven to ten years. Yeah. So if you go real trendy, it's going to date faster, and you just got to plan that in. That doesn't mm. mean you don't do it. It just means you plan it in. You just sure. know that these crazy colors that I'm painting on the wall, I'm going to have to repaint faster or whatever. Yep. Yep. So. I, I, I love that. I, again, uh, I'm such a guy when it comes to this because um, I, I just don't think like that. I, no, I, you know. you're, you're a doctor. You're not yes. a, you're not a artist you know yes. it's artistic thought process it's a yes it, it's funny I mean so true and I'm hearing it all over this podcast is uh you know I, we come out of school being great technicians and uh, there's all these other things that we need to know and, and take into account and um that's why we have great companies like you so what, what would you say you know if, if you could give some advice to a new practitioner and there's been a ton of it in here but anything stand out to you when I say that, like a uh, new grad coming out, wants to open their own office, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, from a, a square footage standpoint, we talked about that, but what else stands out to you? So when we first started this, um, this, this side of our business, because we were doing design build, um, the very first thing I did, and I had a chiropractic marketing person tell me to do this is to write a book. What is the five biggest mistakes chiropractors make when they open mm. an office? And so I did, I wrote an e-booklet and it still exists today. It's been updated cool. a little bit, but it still exists. Yeah. But the number one mistake is you just don't understand what you're getting into. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, there, one of the resources that your uh, listeners can get is a, we, when I taught the class, um, we took the timeline of opening your office, which from the time you have a vision till you open your office, it's about 18 months. Mm -hmm. Okay. So not understanding mm -hmm. that time and what it's going to take. And then it, it, we say it takes about six months to really figure out what you're going to be when you grow up and who you want to yep. be. Sometimes it takes longer and you go be an associate, which I thoroughly think is viable. Very, very viable yep. because it's hard being out there in business. Yep. And so you, you get started, you have that first six months, then you need a period of time. We call it five phases. Okay. The second phase we call definement, which is where you're really defining. I'm, it's a made up word, defining 
putting the business plan together, putting the marketing plan together, putting the who, how are you going to practice? Really understanding that. Look in your financials. What's it going to yep. take financially? All the business plan. Within that is where we suggest you figure out your real square footage because it's part of your business plan to know yep. how yep. many how many patients you can serve, how quickly yep. they can move through your practice or slowly or whatever your plan is. Yep. So that's another few months. Okay. Then, and I heard your last podcaster say this too, the next phase, we call it search and find. It's right. a, averages about four months that you're looking for space and you're looking for money. Yeah. Not fast. It's not right. fast. Do not think it's going to be fast. It's okay. a grind. I remember those days. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, if you go into it really, really clear about your square footage and your vision, it's going to help you. Sure. Help your energy, help you find it faster. All of those things much faster than if you don't know what you're doing and yeah. also going to get money, you know, it's, it's done this with getting money, you know, in yeah. the economy. So it depends yeah. on where you're going into it and what you need to do. Yeah. But, um, you know, like we were talking about, if you don't, if you go into it and you're a business and you've got a great idea and not a lot of assets, it's hard to get money. Oh, no question. Yeah. It's, it's that, funny when you were saying that, uh, when you guys were starting up, I, started I graduated 2009 okay and so I, I worked I worked with another doc for a year after after I graduated and then you know uh, we were trying to get a business loan and again you don't have any assets so it's like who's who's going to actually and and I that was a slog I remember that and it, it here, here's again full circle. It seems like we're kind of coming into that again to some degree. So, bet, yeah, um, these these Hopefully things are not that bad, super, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. These things are going to be super beneficial for our listeners, though. Yeah. So, really defining well, that. I want to just share this that that doctor I shared with you that opened yep. uh, that I bartered with. Yep. Um, he was so conservative mm. that he actually got out of school with less debt than the average person does because he was so conservative in school. You know, he, yeah. everything that he could, cause he just didn't want that heavy debt hanging up. Cause yep. you get out of school with what, two, two fifty something. It's it's right around there. At least yeah. that today. Yeah. And so he got out with like, well, this was 2008 for, with like one fifty when everybody else was getting out with two. Yeah. And then the other thing he did was he made sure his credit was pristine team yeah absolutely yeah. pristine and he literally opened his office on fifty thousand dollars with credit card available debt wow because wow. he couldn't get a loan yeah he couldn't Isn't that get a loan. something yeah. and the other wise thing that he did was he marketed like crazy yeah so the day he opened the door it was full it Isn't was that something yeah so <laughs> And then it takes a lot of the burden, the stress, the pressure off because you put in the work prior to, and, and then you can just see it come to fruition and, and uh, really start to have fun seeing cases get better and, and all of that. And I know that um, one of the challenges of being in business, but it's the challenge of being in business is you have to realize nothing's going to happen until you go sell. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And you have, you have to, to learn get out how there to do, and do it. it. Yeah, you have to learn how to do it. You can't afford to hire someone to do it for you typically. Yep. Yep. But you have to, and if you 
don't feel like you've got what it takes to go market and sell, then you probably shouldn't start your own business. Yeah, you should probably associate. You should probably uh, do one of the options where you can learn for a while on how to, yeah, yeah. So or go, and, and or it, go work with somebody that's going to set you up and do it for yeah. you. I know those are yeah. options out there, yeah. you know. There's a ton of options and, and yeah. uh, that's that's a great thing about coming out of school is there are options. So um, now we, we talked a little bit about uh, resources and, and some of the things that you guys just uh, do for folks. So if you would, Tell us, tell us where we can find those. Um, give us some of that insight. Absolutely. So you can find us, uh, chiropractic. Um, you can find us a couple of ways, chiropracticofficedesign.com. Okay. And then that's our current, well, as we're doing this podcast, but literally within a week, it's going to switch over to crossfieldsdesign.com. Okay. So either yeah. place you can find it. Since we're talking to chiropractors, they can always find it through that space. Yeah. And then we have a free resource, crossfieldsdesign.com forward slash algorithm. And they'll come to a landing page for your listeners to gather all those free resources. And then we have a couple of online things. We have floor plans we sell and some yeah. design packages we sell that they can get a discount for if they're interested. So okay. Yeah. And well, then hey. on there is a ton of resources. There's one of them that's just called planning your office. That's okay. To start. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, this is, this is stuff is uh, I get these questions all the time from students. Uh, I was just speaking at Palmer last week and, and it's like, what do I do? How do I do this? What, you know, and, and there's just a lot of unanswered questions that from this podcast here today, uh, you will get some questions answered, some some checks. Uh, you, you can mark some stuff off your checklist <laughs> for what to do when you graduate, how to do it, um, and, and just really appreciate your time and what you're doing for the profession, Carolyn. You guys uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, well, we believe in it and we want to yeah. see it grow and more people go. That's right. That's so you right. can go and save save more lives. For sure. It, that's just it. That's what it comes down to is, is really being able to serve people and uh, just having a great environment where there can be healing. Because I, I really feel that uh, the environment creates a lot of that. And, and so Absolutely. I uh, really appreciate your time. We will have in the show notes here, we will have the, the links to... Uh, the landing page and, and some of the re free resources that you've talked about. Um, so really appreciate your time. And, and do you, are you still currently teaching at life? Yes. I teach once a quarter. I teach a one, a two hour class and okay. um, I've taught at Palmer, Florida. Okay. I haven't taught at Palmer. Yeah. And I'm talking to someone at Sherman right now. So Good. Um, yeah, I, um, there's, it hasn't been my focus to expand that. It's real easy to teach at life because I can drive there, right there. and stand up in yeah. front of the people. And I love that being in, yeah. you know, so. Right. Well, hey, really appreciate what you do, uh, whether it's teaching, whether it's design work. Um, I, I think everybody uh, definitely should take advantage of the free resources. And then from there, you can decide where you want to go on uh, designing the office and, and uh, engaging you guys on some of that. So 
super appreciate your time and, and really look forward to working with you, Carolyn. Thank you, Dr. Casey. I appreciate you too. Okay, thanks.